podcast. My name is Becky, and I'll be your host. Today's segments include actually working, actually stashed, actually hand dyed, and actually did. I don't have anything finished this time, guys, but I do have uh, one thing that I am pretty close to finishing. So I am trying to finish a sweater in time for Yarn Fest. I actually have two of this sweater on the needles and I've talked about them a little bit already, but I am working on the Notched Hem Tank by Pearl Soho. And I have two of these going. One that I sort of had hoped to wear for Easter and that just didn't happen, life happened instead. And the other that I was hoping to wear to Yarn Fest, which begins this Thursday. And it's a, they're both in Madeline Tosh work sock, which is a, uh, what I would call a heavy fingering bordering on sport or light DK weight. And this one that I'm trying to finish for yarn fest is just the most stunning brown with blues and greens and kind of gold and sections of gray. It was a speckle. It was part of their speckle club. But it's a really interesting take on a speckle because it's definitely speckles against a dark base, which is, is unique and not something that I have seen a lot of. It's definitely outside of my normal color palette just because I tend to wear brights, but I am very excited about this piece and I'm really hoping to get it done in time for the weekend. So I have finished the body of this one and now have divided for the front and the back. You knit it from the bottom up. I did add, I think, two inches of length to the body because last time I had yarn left over, and although I love the one I have, I, I would always <laughs> add another inch of length um, just to cover my tummy. So I am cranking away. I think I'm about four inches into the back, and then I have to knit eight inches of front and then just join it up. So my hope is that I will get some knitting time the rest of this weekend and I'll be able to crank out the end of this one and then pretty quickly finish the next one as well. Honestly, then I got another color from Madeline Tosh. So maybe I'll go grab that and talk about it in stash. But the next one is like a beautiful kind of rosy pink with little bits of green. So that'll be really pretty as well. And I just think these are going to make nice wardrobe staples. The one that I have is light blue. I wear it all the time with white pants. I think that this one, because I was thinking about whether or not it was going to be warm enough for a sleeveless sweater this weekend at Yarnfest, and I think I decided that I could pretty easily wear it under a jean jacket if it's not warm enough, so that it would be, you know, almost like a shell, like when people used to wear shells. I don't think people do that anymore, but but I could wear it certainly as a layer underneath something else. I have a white jean jacket. I have a regular blue jean jacket. So I think that that will work pretty nicely. And I'm excited about this piece. I'm excited about both of them, but in particular, I am looking forward to having a new sweater to wear at Yarnfest. So that's been the main thing on my needles. Although I did um, start another project this week that I'm very excited to talk about. This is a review project that I was sent through the folks at Stitchcraft Marketing. I got a kit from Kramer Yarns. So I have reviewed over time a number of Kramer Yarns. They are, um, they, I've done some reviews of some really interesting bases, cotton linen bases and things like that. I know I made my mom a 
shawl for Mother's Day a couple of years ago um, out of one of their bases. I reviewed a sparkle base of theirs. So I'm just gonna kind of pull this up. So they have they have started a new section of their site that has kits and patterns. And I received a kit of their Naturally Nazareth base. The color that I picked was Wagon Wheel. It's a very, very dark gray, almost black. Um, and Naturally Nazareth is 100% merino wool blend. It's 200 yards for 100 grams because it is a worsted weight. And the kit that I got was the Gilgamesh cowl and it's so cute you guys so it's gonna be a really chunky looking cowl it's a really fun pattern because the the stitches in it are really interesting it's got when you when I first looked at it I thought it looked ribbed but and I suppose it, it a little bit is but really what it is, is it alternates sets of stitches that are bobbles and then it's got a really fun twisted stitch pattern that they kind of alternate and it looks when I look a little bit closer this little twisted stitch thing looks like cables but it's gives you that effect without actually knitting a cable now I like to knit cables and I don't mind knitting cables but I know some people find them a little bit scary but anyways it, it's just a very fun set of stitches if that makes sense and and something a little bit different than what I normally would knit so this kit retails for $24.50 it comes with the pattern plus two skeins of the naturally Nazareth and it says this interesting interplay of stitches was inspired by an artifact found in the Louvre in Paris you will enjoy the warm embrace of this gorgeous cowl while garnering compliments galore so I am pretty excited about this, and the thing that I am most excited about is they gave me a second kit to give away. So I haven't quite decided how I'm going to handle the giveaway, but I do have a second Gilgamesh cowl kit to give to one of you guys. So if you have any ideas about a fun giveaway that we could do this spring, maybe I will do it. I'm coming up on my three-year anniversary, so maybe it'll be part of three years of podcasting, something like that. But anyways, very excited to give this away to somebody and really enjoying the knitting. It's not going to be a project that takes me very long. If I wasn't so focused on getting these sweaters done, I could probably finish it this weekend. But instead, I'm going to focus on my little sweaters. So those are a couple different things that are on my needles. And then I wanted to talk about this fun project that the kids and I did over spring break to uh, get ready for teacher appreciation week. So I think I've talked a couple times about, you know, liking to make things for their teachers. They have a lot of teachers now between with one in middle school and one in high school. You know, we have, they're at a K-12 school. So there's a little bit of overlap. Uh, Jack has one teacher for two periods. They have one shared teacher, but uh, it's a lot of teachers <laughs> to try to figure out gifts for. So over the break, we played around with soap making. And it was super easy and it was super fun. We had a great time. You guys might remember at Christmas time, the kids and I made bath bombs for gifts. We gave them in as part of the teacher gifts. We gave them to members of our family. I like to make shower fizzes that have 
eucalyptus and peppermint in them and they make a really nice thing in the winter if you catch a cold you can throw them in the bottom of your shower and it steams up and it's like taking a shower with a Vicks vaporizer except that it's all essential oils. So anyways we like to do that kind of thing and I had bought Star Wars molds and so then when my nieces and nephews came over for the cousin sleepover we did bath bombs, we used the Star Wars molds, it was a lot of fun. One of the things that we tried numerous times to do and never had any success with was one of the molds was a Death Star and I really wanted that to work but the mold was really difficult to get stuff out of. The others are, you know, you pour them in and they're flat and this one actually closes into a globe and it was a little bit hard to get it back off or back open without crushing the bath bomb inside it. So this time we made soap and we had a lot of fun. I bought a few supplies. I bought a base off of Amazon that was a goat's milk soap. And then later we went to Michael's and I used a coupon and I bought uh, another base that had mango in it and things like that. But really, all it boils down, you can get really elaborate <laughs> with soap making and use lye and all of those things, but I did not want to get that far into it with the kids. So this was literally just, we would microwave it. I had a whole bunch of essential oils, lavender, bergamot, eucalyptus, peppermint, and I have one that's called Cheer Me Up Buttercup that I buy at Whole Foods and I use it in the sugar scrub that I use in the shower. So we had lots of traces of scents. I bought some fresh lavender. I will say one pound of fresh lavender is like a lifetime supply of lavender. I need to come up with something else. Maybe I'll make little sachets for people or something because I have a lifetime supply of lavender now. But we, we had a lot of fun. Oh, and I bought dyes, like soap dyes, so that we wouldn't be using food coloring because I didn't want it to be stuff that could potentially stain. And you literally just microwave it. You microwave it, it melts, you pour in the scent, you pour in the color, you pour them in the molds. And then what's cool is it, it cools right back off, you know, pretty quickly. So within, you know, half an hour, maybe an hour, you could pop them back out and they turned out so good. So they really show the detail of these little silicone molds much nicer than the bath bombs did and so we have Millennium Falcons and R2-D2s and some of the things that were too delicate for the bath bombs worked great with soap. So we had ones that were little X-wings and I couldn't get any of the bath bombs to work with that and they turned out really cute. We have little Darth Vader's and little Stormtroopers and Han Solo and Carbonite and soap. They're so fun. So that was a blast. We just did that. I had to work a little over their spring break so we kind of staycationed. So the Monday... I worked during the morning. I took the afternoon off. We did a bunch of like soap and things like that. And then we went and did an escape room. Um, but it was just a fun activity for us to crank out one of the afternoons that I, I couldn't dedicate the whole day to being off for spring break. So that was a lot of fun. Then another thing that we are doing to go along with it was I ordered little three-inch porcelain dishes on Amazon. And I want to say for a dozen of them, it was like 20 bucks. It was pretty inexpensive. And then I ordered alcohol inks. 
And we have done this a bunch of times before. So when the kids were little, I did several projects with plain ceramic tiles, just plain white ceramic tiles. You buy these alcohol inks. You can get them at Michael's. I got these on Amazon because there were more colors. And they basically drip them onto a surface and then you blow with a straw or you could use like canned air and it splatters and spreads and then you end up with these gorgeous colors. So I, we had done that a bunch of times because I have a mirror in my living room that the kids did. I mean, it's, it was when Ben was in kindergarten, I think, first grade maybe, pretty little though. And my parents have one in their bathroom that we did with all of the grandkids at the time. A couple weren't born yet, but at the time, all the grandkids. And then we did one for like a school auction project with Benny's first grade class. So it's just a really fun, really easy thing to do. And we're going to just varnish them and then they'll be okay to be soap dishes. So we have soaps and we have soap dishes and then I'm going to make washcloths. So I ordered a bunch of Nitpicks Dishy because it's inexpensive and it came in a lot of great colors. There were a couple of packages that had uh, complementary colors. So I ordered a couple of those and then I kind of supplemented that with a few other colors. I also ordered a different yarn. This is a cotton and acrylic mix and it's called Color Mist. So the one I have here is Waterfall, but it's basically natural yarn with a speckle over top. So this one is blue and I thought these would be pretty. They have this will sound cheesy. They have kind of an organic cotton look. They are not organic cotton. They are Pima cotton and acrylic, but it's very soft and I just kind of loved it. So that was one that I was going to do. And I am just going to start knitting dishcloths. So then I was trying to decide, I, I, you know, added a bunch to my favorites in Ravelry. And last night I was sitting in my knitting room and watching TV. And I remembered that I had this great book that I reviewed a couple years ago. It is called the Knitting All Around Stitch Dictionary. It's 150 stitch patterns and the author is Wendy Bernard. This was STC Craft and it retails for $29.95. And it's great because really it's a whole book of swatches and it's perfect if you just wanted to add some garter stitch and have some fun with some new stitch patterns, I feel like a stitch dictionary is the way to go. So this one, for example, has, you know, box stitch and star stitch and some cute diagonal things. There's a zigzag one. There's one called thermal stitch, which looks like it would have a nice texture for a washcloth. There's one with a ripple pattern. But the thing that I was really excited about, so yeah, I could basically just knit my my way through this whole book. There's a whole ribs section. There's also lace and cables, and I don't think I will do lace or cables for any of them, although there are some cute, like, herringbone stitches, the star stitch. I'll definitely do one of those. That's in a chapter called Twisted, Slipped, and Fancy. <laughs> Fancy is a nice word. Um, but there's a section on mosaic knitting, and mosaic knitting is not something I have ever tried before. What's neat about mosaic knitting, I'm going to see if I can find the page with the description, but basically you, 
you get to do color work, but you're only ever working with one color at a time. So it says, in the realm of knitting, mosaic knitting is a relatively new thing. Uh, in her first book, A Treasury of Knitting Patterns, Barbara Walker simply referred to it as slip stitch color knitting and included the patterns in a chapter called Color Change Patterns that had all sorts of color work, including Fair Isle. Then there was a book in 1976 called Mosaic Knitting, where I guess it really came to its own. But it says, Mosaic Knitting is a color knitting technique that requires you to work only one color at a time. As a result, mosaic knitting is far easier to wrangle than stranded knitting. An interesting and mesmerizing aspect of mosaics is that even though they were originally designed to depict something specific pictorially, you can sometimes see other images that change into faces or animals. So anyways, kind of fun. They, it says lends themselves well to cuffs and hems, hat brims, home decor pillows, like projects like pillow tops, um, because even though you're using two colors, you only use one color at a time and you won't add extra weight to your fabric, the drape won't change significantly from the main body of your project. So I thought that was really neat. And there are three or four of these that I think are really fun. There's a herringbone pattern. The one that I love is called geometric curly cues. So it literally has these little squared shapes that have little mini squares in the middle. Anyways, I don't know. It's cute. I'm going to do that as my second one for sure. The one I cast on last night, let's see if I can find it, is called... Hmm. Let's see. The long zigzag. And so it's just little stair steps. But it's just this cute, you know, geographic. So there was a, a skein I bought called, I think it's called Kanai. And it's an, a, a turquoise, turquoise, and then mint. And so that's the first one that I cast on was those two colors. There's one here called Chains. And it's got different squares. There's one called T-squares, tongue and groove stripes, syncopation. So there's all sorts of neat ones and I just think it'll be really fun. And again, for a washcloth, I won't end up with double, I won't have to carry floats or like anything like that, but I can play with color a little bit in a way that I think will be fun. Technically, maybe that other little washcloth that I did from the Mason-Dixon might have technically been mosaic knitting as well now that I think about it because it was very similar that I was you know slipping stitches and, and carrying stitches along as I knit that one. So the goal would be to get a minimum of 12 of those done for teacher appreciation. The better goal would be to get 24 of them done and that way everybody could have a bar of soap and a little soap dish and a like couple of washcloths. So wish me luck. I bought plenty of cotton. I'm pretty excited about it. I feel like they're going to be nice portable projects and nice quick, uh, what do they call that? Immediate satisfaction? That's not the word. What is the word I'm thinking of you guys? You guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> now it's going to make me crazy. Um, The word I was looking for that I had to Google on my phone, instant gratification. 
<laughs> it's an instant gratification project. So I am excited about, about those and I'll keep you guys posted. I'll, I'll post pictures on Instagram for sure and I'm looking forward to getting those going. Next up, let's see. I wanted to talk about Interpretations 5 again. I know you guys are going to think I'm crazy because I feel like this is the third episode in a row that I've talked about this book. But last night or the night before on Instagram, I saw that Longmont Yarn Shop got the trunk show in. So they had every single sample from the book and they're like the real samples, like the Hohe and Vera samples. And I was so excited. So I couldn't make it yesterday uh, after I had yoga and I couldn't get to the show. But I went in this morning and I spent probably half an hour just ogling samples and chatting with Gail. Gail is back from her trip to Scotland. So you guys might remember that I interviewed um, Jennifer from Lambs on the Run and they had their big Scotland adventure that they were planning. So they are back from that now. And I got to hear all about all the fun that they had on their trip. And that was great. But I really, oh my gosh, I enjoyed seeing these samples up close. So there were a couple of them that I really felt like the book did not do justice to. And I was so happy that I had seen the samples uh, live and in person. Because it, it made a big difference. And there are a couple of them that I think I want to knit a couple of quick ones too that I think I want to knit that I really think that uh, I would not have thought about if I had only seen them in the book so I'm just going to run through those really quickly quiet stars is the cardigan that was belted that I was worried about would not be flattering I still am not sure it's for me but the girls at the shop took pictures for Instagram you could check out the Longmont yarn shop Instagram if you wanted to see them and Gail had it on, and it looked lovely. And I was worried about exactly where the belt hit, because it's very high up the waist. But it looked great on her. So I um, I, it, I still don't think that it's a pattern that would look great on me, but I made a bunch of comments about it maybe not being flattering, and, and now I kind of take those back. I did get to see the separate ways sweater in person. That is definitely still top of my list for a new cast on. The one that one of the ones that really surprised me was indigo. So this was one of the Vera patterns. And it's just a gorgeous blue cabled pullover with a turtleneck. What I did not get from the pictures, and as I'm looking at the pictures online, I don't feel like there's a good detail picture that shows this. But it's a it looks to me like it's a top-down raglan. And the along the raglan, there's a cable detail, which is something that I played with a, a couple years ago at Yarnfest. I took this class on sweater design, and that was what I wanted to do was a raglan sweater with a cable detail on the raglan. And this is just gorgeous. It's just stunning. And it was much prettier in person and may have made its way onto my – It's it won't be a quick cast on. But, again, I – it wasn't really on my radar the first time through, and having seen it in person, I loved it. Rose Quartz is one of the sweaters that I'm just dying to cast on, and I saw that one in person and loved it just as much. The Dynamic Trio Shawl, that's one that I think would be a great use for some of these single skeins that I have, which, which would be really fun. It was a little bit smaller in person than it looked 
on how he was holding it. But it was very, very, very pretty. And then the anemone. So anemone is a little t-shirt. I'm going to go through my stash and see if I can't figure out a cute way to do this and kind of have it be a fade. Because I'm sure I could come up with th either three skeins. Like I have a three skein set I got from Zen Garden Yarns. And that might be very cute. Or if I don't end up doing that, then I may go shopping for yarn for this one at Yarn Fest because this is one that I'm really excited to uh, cast on. The Chasing Light Shawl, I did not think photographed well and looked very different in person than I thought it would. The Glacier Tunic is so cute. And so this was on my list, but I think maybe moved up my list a bit. It's going to take quite a bit of yarn, but let me take a look here. I wish it goes all the way down to a 29-inch bust circumference. So it'll need 1,800 yards to be the right size for me, but I feel like I do probably have a couple of yarns in my stash where I have that much yardage already. The one that's going to kill my budget, right, you guys, is the rugged coat. So I am always a big fan of these big hoagie coats. I have two of them in my wardrobe already. This one, when I saw it in person, there's just so much detail to it. And again, I just felt like the pictures couldn't really do it justice. It's got cables, it's got ribbing, it's got cute little details like on the sleeve cuffs and things like that. So it is a DK weight, but this one... Let's see, second size up, probably. So it will take 1,800 yards of DK weight yarn. Whew. So I don't know, but I really loved it. And again, this is a sweater I could wear all the time as a coat. So that's one that was not on the radar that has worked its way up to the top of my brain for sure. And then the last one was Reflection. So again, there were all these cute shawls by Vera, and I do not think they were photographed in a way that really worked. I do, I did like the schematic of this one because it's got a really interesting shape, and I was kind of just standing and like playing with it a little bit while I was chatting with Gail. But I think this is the other project that I'm going to look for yarn for at Yarn Fest. So the Anemone tank top, unless I find something. And then this Reflections shawl because it's 620 yards of sport weight yarn. So I feel like that's pretty attainable. And I think I could find a sport weight yarn that I like at the show. So that's my plan. But I guess the, the lesson that I learned was that I didn't, that I should really um, venture out to some of these things more often because seeing the samples in person really made a difference in my opinion about some of the pieces. There wasn't anything that fell off my list, <laughs> but there were some things that I thought I would really um, not like as much as I did when I saw them. So I purchased a, a copy of Pom Pom Magazine's Spring 2018. It's issue 24. And there were a couple of cute things in here that I really liked as well. Two in particular. The first was there's a little sweater called Timbromania. And this is a short sleeve sport weight sweater. And it's just got a really cute texture on the yoke that I liked 
quite a lot. This one calls for, in my size, like three skeins of sport weight yarn, three skeins of 400 yards of sport weight yarn. So depending, I guess, on the put up of a, a skein. But I thought this would make a really cute, again, like work edition. The model is wearing it with a cute pair of pants. That's kind of my go-to is cute pants, little top at work. So that one was one that I was really excited about. And then the second one that I'm super excited about is called Treskilling. It's by Kristen Blom. And this is a cute t-shirt. Fingering weight yarn. It's very, very drapey. Although it's not knit on a particularly large needle. Like this says it's knit on a two and a half and a four. But it's really pretty. It's got a nice little lace detail at the yoke. And then very drapey short sleeves. And again, the whole thing just looks very open and kind of gauzy and I thought it was really pretty. So I am definitely feeling the summer weight sweaters this year and this one is going to make it onto my list as well. This one will need, let's see, materials, about three skeins of yarn but that's okay. I feel like I can make that happen. So those were some things that I picked up today while I was at Longmont Yarn Shop, and I was really excited about them both. Last thing I wanted to talk about, guys, is Interweave Yarn Fest. It starts this Thursday. I will definitely be up there on Friday. I will definitely be up there on Saturday. I haven't worked out my exact plans yet. Melanie from Knit Stitch Yarns will have a booth, and she has offered that if anybody wants to meet up, we could use her booth as the meeting place, which would be great because a lot of you guys who are local probably know Melanie as well, and so that would be a fun way for us to get to see multiple friends at once. So if anyone is interested in catching up, probably the easiest way to get me is going to be to hit me on Instagram and just send me a message so that I know when to be looking for you and I hope to catch up with some friends. I haven't seen anybody in a while and I'm really excited about the weekend. So hopefully I'll see you guys there. That's it for this time, you guys. I'll be back pretty quickly with a Yarn Fest recap. But in the meantime, thanks for hanging out. Happy knitting!